0: So let's start off with the day's COVID numbers. There is a record 13,002 new COVID-19 cases and 108 more fatalities over the previous 24 hours the Public Health Minister reported on Wednesday morning. There were 11,953 cases in the general population and 1,041 among prison inmates. Over the past 24 hours, 8,248 COVID-19 patients were diagnosed, recovered and were discharged from hospitals. So that's going to lead us into our first story that was coming from the Bangkok Post today. Health System in Crisis, Critics Tell the Government. Critics accused the government of allowing public health services to collapse after three people died on the streets of Bangkok and one was left dying in the middle of the road for hours before an ambulance finally arrived. Former Human Rights Commission member Angana Nila On Wednesday called the government cold-hearted on her Facebook page. She said people had been left out on the streets without any chance of getting health care. Move Forward spokesman and Bangkok MP Natacha Sawat said Prime Minister Prayuth Chanacha had no plan to handle the health care crisis that had led to people dying on the streets. Their criticism came after three people were found dead in Bangkok on Tuesday, two of them in Pranakhan district and the other in Toi district. The most mentioned case on social media was a man who collapsed and later died in the middle of Soiban Pantham off pra Sumera Road. Shana Songkram police chief said on traffic police radio station that the man died about 5pm despite emergency responders' effort to keep him alive. An ambulance did not arrive until 10.30pm and took away the body. A Facebook account named Puri Patara said the ill man laid in the middle of the street since 10am. Rescuers arrived about four hours later. Another body was found on the footpath of Ratchamayon Avenue near the landmark Democracy Monument. The cause of death in each case was not known, however, ambulances adapted to handle coronavirus patients were used in each case to collect the body and ensure the safety of rescuers and medics. On Wednesday morning, shortly after midnight, Kenit Chumchui, the Tepkassati chief of the district, defended the long delay in the ambulance arriving. He said it was caused by the ever-increasing demand for ambulances. The service were overstretched, he said. The po- Tech Tong Foundation was on duty on Tuesday night, but had only one ambulance equipped with COVID-19 protection kits, and had to collect eight other bodies before taking the three unclaimed bodies to the hospital. So this is the state, the capital of Thailand, Bangkok, is in. People dying on the streets now from COVID. One ambulance on duty to take care of all this when does the government put up its hand and say yes we are at fault we are the ones that have got it in this state because we failed to act when we had the chance we decided to let everything just melt away the good work that was done over the year by the thai people of this country by the expats who live here all who worked together to keep the COVID under control but this government were happy to just let things happen. And as the Prime Minister said, let's all remember again, what will be, will be. Well, today, Prime Minister, 13,000 cases and 108 deaths. Do you take responsibility for those deaths? Because in my book, at this point in time, you should be. Let's also mention the story I brought to you a few weeks ago about the construction camps and the workers not being fed there. Well, nothing has changed since then. Although the government tried to put out a few photos of a few people getting a few food boxes, Well, unfortunately, nothing has changed. Reports are going on that nearly 42,000 people are still locked up in construction camps. Some of them are receiving food once every two days. These are people who are working for some of the biggest construction companies in Thailand who build all the skyscrapers and the great condominiums and houses around Bangkok. You know, 50 million Thai bat developments, you know, per unit. These are the people building all these. And these companies can't look after these people they haven't got the money or they just couldn't give a damn and this is what we've been left with here in thailand people dying on the streets workers starving and thailand want to talk about reopening the country and international standards Well, start with basic international standards on human rights before you talk about the rest of the world because what's going on is getting worse and worse And this government have no plan. There's no plan to tackle anything. There's no plan to help people. Finally, starting to take hold on the public how useless government in this country has become. So I don't know what the next step is for Thailand. Personally, I'm worried about Thailand right now because I don't think the powers that be have any idea what they're doing. They're trying to join the COVAX program for a vaccine supply now after saying a year ago, oh, Thailand doesn't need it, we're a rich country. And suddenly they're trying to get in on it now because, well, their AstraZeneca plan has fallen through the floor. I guess the critics were right, but they can't admit that. Sinovac doesn't work very well against the Delta variant. And most people know that Delta has become the dominant strain in Thailand. So what are we to do here? What are the people of Thailand to do here? Tourism not going to be the saviour right now. I feel that they think they can buy their way out of this by having tourists come and put this rosy picture on everything. Well, tourists need to know before you step foot in the country that there's people dying in the capital on the streets from COVID. And you may be helping the Phuket local people, but you're also helping the Thai government show this image that everything's rosy over here. But it's not. And these stories are going to come out more and more over the next couple of days because the public don't care anymore they will take the photos and they will post them online and as we get these stories and as i see them on the internet i will make sure i tell everyone who listens to the show what is really going on over here the phuket sandbox great idea and all that it'll help a small amount of people but there's a lot more serious shit going on here than tourism at the moment and it's a great shame that it's come to this where we have people dying on the streets of covid when it was preventable back in april i'll leave it with you there on that I'd love to know your comments on it. What do you think about this? How your government in your country combated the pandemic? I'd love to know more. So please leave your comments down below in the comment section. Now we have some Phuket news. The Andaman Sandbox is next on the government agenda. Panya and Krabi are preparing to welcome back foreign tourists under the Andaman Sandbox scheme which is scheduled for launch on August 1 according to the Tourism Authority of Thailand on Tuesday. If the scheme goes according to plan, the provinces which lie along the Andaman coast will be the next to reopen to foreign tourists. Phuket debuted its sandbox model on July 1 while the Samui Plus plan was launched officially last Thursday. The proposal for the Andaman Sandbox scheme will be submitted to the Centre for Economic Situation Administration for further consideration on Wednesday, said the Tat Governor. Tat Panya Office Director Chuchart Omsharan said if approved, tourists have already spent seven days in Phuket, followed by seven days in Panya or Krabi will be allowed to visit Koyao, Koh as well as Kaulak coastline. Eligible tourists will be allowed to visit attractions along a specified route from Ban Namken in Kaolak to Kó Yao no Nói and Kó Paní in Ao Panyang National Park, he said. During their required 14-day stay, the tourist movement will be monitored with a tracker provided by the Ministry of Digital Economy and Society and the private sector. Like the one used in the Phuket Sandbox model. More than 300 businesses offering hospitality services in the area have been certified by the Safety and Health Administration. Last Friday, the first batch of tourists under the Phuket Sandbox scheme continued their journey to Panya after their 14 day stay in Phuket. More tourists are expected in late October, Mr. Chuchart said. Mr. Utesak said that once the Andaman Sandbox is approved, the Tourism Authority of Thailand will ask the Cabinet to approve similar schemes in Chiang Mai, Pattaya. Burium, Bangkok, Pechari, Pachikiri Khan in time for an October reopening. These guys are talking about Bangkok while people are dying on the streets. Chanburi has record cases again today. And these guys are all talking about reopening in October. I'm not quite sure what land they're living in at the moment. I've just seen that the uh, Moto Grand Prix for October has been cancelled. So, I mean, they're not too confident of things being any better by then. I mean, this guy seems to think, you know, things are going to get better. Now, the sandbox model for the Andaman Coast... This article is a bit odd because actually I don't believe this is it. I believe it's meant to be seven days in Phuket, followed by seven days on the Andaman coast, which would be Khao Lak, or you could go to Yao Islands and stay there for seven days. It would be up to you. I'm not sure if this really will get to go ahead in August 1st. Uh, we've seen how long it took to get the Phuket sandbox model up and running, and that was on an island that's easily sealed off. We're talking about a coastline in a province that stretches hundreds of kilometers that has a lot of people in it that has main highways running through these towns so you would have a lot of commerce transport you know people doing their daily jobs that would have nothing to do with tourism you know it's a main six-lane highway that runs Now, straight up from Phuket all the way up to Renan. how it'll work, and I'm not sure it will really work, whether the government will actually give it permission is a whole other thing. What do you think about this? Do you think it's too early? Do you think they should hold off maybe to September, October, till things start to get a bit better in the country? I'd love to know your thoughts on the whole issue. Now, another story is about a Thai sandbox visitor who has left the island early. A Thai national who arrived under the Phuket sandbox scheme but left the island early is to be prosecuted according to an article in the Phuket News Today. It was confirmed that the visitor only spent 9 out of his 14 days at the hotel before departing Phuket to his home province of Chamboree. Information on the early departure came about after the hotel manager reported that he did not turn up and alerted the Phuket sandbox command centre. Officers contacted the person only to be told they were already in Bangkok and on the way to Chonburi. All Phuket sandbox arrivals must stay in Phuket for a minimum of 14 nights, undergo three COVID tests before being allowed to leave. The person will be prosecuted under the relevant law for breaking conditions of the scheme. The man was located and placed in into ASQ in Chonburi. But that's a very interesting story because I was just discussing this with my wife today in relation to trying to leave the island and go to Panya because that's the area that I'm employed in at the moment. For me to leave and go out of the province, I have to stop get out of my car, go into a makeshift Phuket immigration office, explain myself to the officers why I'm going there, present my passport, my work permit and whatever other documents and be interrogated. And that's for just a foreigner because they're afraid the foreigners will be leaving the island under the sandbox scheme so they're trying to make sure that doesn't happen. But alternatively if you're a Thai person and you're leaving the checkpoint they don't stop anybody. Thais feel free to leave, they don't get pulled over, they don't get asked questions, nothing, but this just proves that the rules need to be the same for everyone, because the person that left early was a Thai citizen, not a foreigner, so when do the rules get tightened for Thai people as well as foreigners? On my last reading, I read there was just less than a thousand Thais that had come through on the sandbox mod. What is the way to detect if they have left the province? To me, it's quite interesting that they seem to feel that foreigners are the issue, but certainly not Thai people coming in. And these are things they need to get their act together about. To get back into the province, again, very difficult for foreigners. You have to have a test. You have to have your vaccine certificate. Whereas the Thai person who lives on the island just shows their Thai ID and a vaccine certificate and do not need the COVID test result. It's not very fair and this is what's been going on now for over a year in this province and I have to tell you it's becoming a little tiring. Now more on the Phuket sandbox is tourists have been reminded to have COVID insurance According to the Phuket News, the Tourism Authority of Thailand Phuket Office has issued a reminder to any visitors under the Phuket Sandbox scheme to have the correct insurance policy in place which covers them in the event of a COVID-19 infection while on the island. The Tat Phuket also stated it had contacted the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the Office of Insurance Commission to ensure that tourists wishing to visit the island have the correct insurance cover in place before they are issued with a certificate of entry. At the press conference, the issue was raised along with the latest COVID positive sandbox passenger who was a British national taking the total to 19 travellers. The problem we have found with some of the tourists who have entered Phuket under the sandbox scheme and tested positive so far is the insurance policies they have do not cover COVID-19 treatment, the director said. Before applying for a COE. Tourists must have an insurance policy that covers COVID-19 treatment to ensure they do not need to pay for the treatment themselves. We urge all tourists wishing to visit Phuket to ensure that this is in place. The Tat Phuket office has contacted relevant officials at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the Office of Insurance Commission to clarify this condition and ensure we work together to find the best solution, she added. Excluding Thai nationals, the top five nationalities that make up the total numbers are American, British, Israeli, German and French respectively. We estimate the average stay of a sandbox tourist in Phuket to be 11 nights, the director said. Some people stay only for 7 and return to their countries. Income generated from these tourists is in in excess of 400 million Thai baht. The figure is calculated using hotel room rates and other associated costs, excluding the cost of flights. However, right now, hotel room rates are considered low, she said. The insurance policies, which are meant to be checked by these embassy staff and ensure that the words cover COVID is in it, is not being done. So people are turning up now, getting infected, and their insurance doesn't actually cover their COVID treatment. I think a lot of this has been rushed. And just like we spoke about yesterday in the previous program, how do we know that PCR tests are real? How do we know the legitimacy of these COVID vaccination certificates and the next thing is how do we know their insurance policies are covering COVID-19 illness unless they check then they'll never know. When ASQ in Bangkok was going on the embassies scrutinized the insurance policies and I remember specifically people saying that they would only accept the insurance policy if it clearly stated a letter from the insurance company stating that this policy covers COVID-19 illness but suddenly that isn't valid they've stopped doing that so they don't know you can send any kind of a policy to them and they're just going to accept it I mean come on but this is the sandbox model at its finest you know now a subscriber called don who lives in rome emailed me this morning and he had read about he had read a story in the bangkok post which posted different figures in relation to the amount of money being spent by tourists in the phuket sandbox model now as i just read now they're claiming 400 million thai baht now come on give me a break We're on the 21st of july i mean those figures are just crazy but he read a different article and he discovered that. It roughly said that there were 7462 visitors who were estimated altogether to have spent 200 million Taibat while staying in the reopened resort island. So he has worked out with a table based on the period of time that each person roughly would have stayed. So they're saying that each tourist might spend an average of 14 days and he's worked it out and the figure that he's come out with actually is more realistic. The figure that he's come up with is 2,822 Thaibat per tourist per day, which seems a lot more reasonable. So we can see that the figure from the Bangkok Post seems to be a lot more realistic than the one that's been thrown out by the Tourism Authority of Thailand. It's quite interesting and I really thank Don for that. It's, it's uh, well thought out. He put up a really good uh, table and, and, you know, looked through each day for the last 20 days how it would have worked out. And yeah, he came up with 2,822 Thai baht per tourist per day, which, yeah, to me would seem a lot more reasonable than the 40,000 baht per person per day that the Tourism Authority were telling us last week which we all know was complete and utter rubbish. Anyway, thank you Don for that, I really appreciate it. Uh, And thanks for tuning in all the way from Italy and Rome. Now to follow up on the story of the banned food panda yesterday and the protester who got, well, fired first and then rehired. Anyway, uh, he has been caught by the police. A food delivery rider who allegedly started a fire near a portrait of His Majesty the King during Sunday's anti-government protest was arrested late on Monday night he faces a number of charges including Les Majest. The suspect, who was only identified as Mr Sitchikok, 25 year old, was detained at his home in the Rangsit area of Patungtani Thani province by a group of plainclothes officers from the Special Branch Bureau, said a source. Thai lawyers for human rights later confirmed the arrest in a tweeted message saying about 10 police officers were sent to arrest Mr Sitchikok, who was later charged with Les Majest. Mr. Sitchikok appeared calm and didn't say a word to reporters as he was escorted into a police vehicle and taken from Kwang Police Station to Nanglong Police Station for further questioning on Tuesday morning. A lawyer from the TLHRC met the suspect when he was at Kwang Police Station, said the source. Mr. Sitchikok's girlfriend, who was not named, insisted she and her boyfriend did not take part in Sunday's rally and the only reason they were there was because he was delivering food to a protester. There were fires already lit at the protest site when they arrived, and Mr. Sitchcock had actually tried to put out one of the fires with water, she said. Police officers standing nearby looked on while Mr. Sitchcock was dousing the flames, so if he had really tried to burn anything, the officer would have tried to stop and detain him at the time, she added. As well as less majest, Mr also is charged with arson, destroying property, violating the emergency decree that prohibits public gatherings in areas declared maximum and strict control zones for COVID-19 containment, said the source. What do we make of all this? I have absolutely no idea because I don't know if he really did it or he didn't do it. Maybe he's been made out to be a scapegoat for this. To prosecute him, they would have to have some form of proof I'm gathering photos of him doing it. Photos of him burning it. Certainly photos of him stamping would suggest that he was trying to put it out. And if the girlfriend is correct and there was a police officer standing beside him while he was doing it, then hopefully, you know, justice will be done and the young man will be able to get on with his life. And finally, the private sector are sceptical over lockdown success without mass screening and vaccinations. The Federation of Thai Industries chairman, Supet Mongson Tori, has expressed doubt the Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration's decision to tighten lockdown measures in 13 dark red provinces will successfully contain the rapid surge in COVID-19 infections. Pointing out that the new restrictions will cause damage to the national economy, estimated to be about 100 billion thai bat Instead of being between 50 to 60 billion BAT as earlier projected, he said that the increasing restrictive measures must be complemented by an acceleration in active screening including the widespread use of antigen test kits and mass vaccinations, without which the enhanced lockdown is bound to fail. The FDI chairman also voiced his disagreement with the idea of adopting the Wuhan lockdown model in Bangkok, noting that such a drastic measure will bring the entire production sector to a complete halt, which will devastate the economy because there won't be any engine to drive it. The Wuhan lockdown strategy is brutal, but effective initially, All transport into and out of the city of 11 million people was stopped, no exception even for personnel and medical emergencies. All shops were closed except those selling food or medicine. Private vehicles were banned from streets without special permission and most public transport stopped. Initially people were allowed out of their homes but restrictions were tightened later. Residents were barred from leaving their homes but were allowed to order food and other supplies for delivery. Officials went door to door for health checks and forced those who fell ill into isolation Most buildings had security guards checking the temperature of anyone going in. On Sunday, Thailand's Disease Control Department Director General said a complete lockdown following the Wuhan model may be imposed in the next two months if the situation does not improve. So that's actually based on some of the story we spoke about yesterday, which was the idea that they are discussing a Wuhan-style lockdown. It's nice to see the FTI chairman has some common sense because he's right that the lockdown won't work without screening and vaccination and it needs to be all done in conjunction with each other because if it's not it's just going to be pointless because you're not going to find all the cases it's going to continue just to repeat 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 and if you're not vaccinating well people are just going to continue to get sick and sick and sick and I'm not quite sure what the strategy is behind behind the government's plan right now I'm not even sure they know the strategy at this point in time. Do genuinely hope things improve I'm normally an optimistic person but I've seen too much over the last few months to suggest that Thailand is in deep trouble right now. I want it to improve. I want the place to get better. I want the economy to open up. I want tourists to come back and I want the government to understand that you have to actually take proper measures to fix all this. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to leave us a five-star rating. We are available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you tomorrow.